0: Hey, would you look at that? It's another gift for John Gibson. Let's see what he's got this time. Let's see. Oh, it, it's another taser. Well, who's he going to use this one on? You're Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. I've been covering hockey for over a decade and also doing some public address on the side, which is why my voice is a little bit, you know, it's a little bit deep right now, but everything's fine. Don't worry. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Odyssey, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, among others. I'm on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. The last time the Ducks played... They had a, well, it was a bad overtime loss against the Detroit Red Wings. Detroit looked okay defensively for the most part, and the Ducks were up to their old tricks once again by not shooting the puck. What's up with that? I had mentioned a stat on the Ducks-Red Wings crossover with Brian and Scott the other day about how bad the shot attempts were. It wasn't all that much better on the game against Detroit. In fact, let's go through that game right now, shall we? Ducks and Red Wings traded goals early on. It was 1-1 for most of the game, and honestly, this was not a bad game for the Ducks. I thought they played reasonably better. Is that fair to say? Reasonably better, for the most part? I mean, there was some fast-paced action, there was some great skating, Drysdale skating looked very good, Trevor Zegras had an amazing kind of dangle move. Against Mo Sider. Mo stopped it, so I'll give him credit. He did a good job there. But this was all about John Gibson once again, doing splits, making spectacular saves. Everything about John Gibson was great on this game. Dylan Larkin speeding through everybody. Dylan Larkin scored the first goal of the game. And honestly, Dylan Larkin put on an absolute clinic for about 20 minutes. As he was skating through Ducks left and right, he could have gotten two goals on this game and it just didn't happen. But credit to the Ducks' defense for sticking with Larkin for most of the rest of the game. Credit to the Ducks' defense for not allowing more than the one goal for the first 60 minutes. Also credit to Ricard Raquel, who scored his 10th of the season. It looks like Ricky's kind of coming back a little bit. Already his 10th this season, and Uncle Rico... Adam Henrique got his 11th assist of the season. Raquel and Henrique are coming back around. As far as Raquel's career numbers, I mean, you know, he's kind of getting back to some kind of form. He's about a point every other game. So he's on pace for about 40-something points this season, which isn't all that bad. Not quite as all-star form from a few years back, but he's still doing better than he had been previously. So, hey, good to see Ricky back in the score sheet. They both went scoreless into overtime, and that's where things took an interesting turn. Now, John Gibson is a goalie that likes to keep things going. He likes to keep the game flowing, and that's exactly what happens here. John Gibson had a puck kind of go towards his net, a little bit towards his net, and he was about ready to play the puck and keep the play moving. Well, not so fast, apparently. We had a little bit of a, I don't want to say a mishap, but John Gibson covered the puck for about half a second, and just as the puck was going out of his glove, just as he flicked his glove hand to his left, a whistle was blown. What? Why? Why was that whistle blown? I mean, you had a pretty decent three-on-three. You had Lundestrom, Silverberg, and Drysdale out there, and it looked like Drysdale could have had a break there. But No. No, John Gibson got the whistle and he was pissed. He was absolutely pissed by what had just happened. Gibby played the puck. It wasn't even that long. It was a half second. Now, here's the other thing. There was no danger of any Red Wings crashing the net. There was no danger of any Red Wings coming close to him. I mean, it looked like Roenick was... Kind of right there. Robbie Fabry was not really sort of kind of in the vicinity, but not enough that they were going to knock in a rebound. So this was a case where it definitely was a fast whistle. And even before the following faceoff, you could see John Gibson was livid. That puck should not have been frozen dead. That whistle shouldn't have come. That shouldn't have been allowed. And the thing was, the whistle blew. Just as the puck was leaving his glove, like you could see the motion from John Gibson that he was ready to play that puck, and I think the refs they just missed that one, they missed it. And what do you think happened after that? Following faceoff, Detroit wins the faceoff. Jordan Osterley scores from the high slot, and that's your game. Jordan Osterley wins it for Detroit, his first of the season, and that's your final score, two to one. And John Gibson was not taking any crap. He let the refs know exactly how he felt. He got his money's worth leaving Little Caesars Arena. And frankly, this is a game that the Ducks could have won. But at the same token, they allowed a lot of shot attempts again on this particular game. The Ducks were 54-43, to allowing allowing Detroit to out... Shoot them out, attempt them, which means that we have a pretty fun stat that I'm going to bring you after the first intermission. But first, let's talk about Bet Online, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. And it is Super Bowl time right now. We have the latest odds on the Super Bowl between the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. You have all the amazing prop bets, all of that available to you on BetOnline. So head over to BetOnline.net right now, and hey, check out the latest lines, and why not check out the lines for the NBA and the NHL as well. Once again, that is BetOnline, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network, and please gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez as we are kind of still talking about the last Ducks game against the Red Wings where Detroit was victorious 2-1 in overtime. So here's a little stat that I want to bring out that's probably going to upset a lot of fans. Now, defensively, the Ducks were better in this game, that doesn't necessarily mean that they had the best defense of the night. That doesn't even mean that they had the best defense overall. They still allowed quite a few high danger chances. In fact, the high danger chances were 13 to 4 in favor of the Red Wings. 13 to 4, that's a little bit too much. And also, the Ducks doing John Gibson no favors at all by allowing that many shots to go on net. John Gibson, for what it's worth, he was good in net. He did stop 26 of 28 shots that got through. Shot attempts in this game, 54-43. So here's a stat for you all to take to the water cooler. On their road trip, this is the five-game road trip that the Ducks just concluded. Here were the shot attempts. The Ducks had 200 shot attempts. Okay, so 200 shot attempts. That's an average of... 40 per game. They allowed 321. Let me repeat that the shot attempts 321 to 200 in favor of the opponents, which means the Ducks had a minus 121 in shot attempts throughout the five game road trip. And yet, somehow, they wound up with eight out of 10 points on this road trip. I think Ducks fans should be glad. That the Ducks got 8 out of 10 points. And honestly, if you're any team in the National Hockey League and you take 8 out of a possible 10 points, you should be pretty darn happy. If you can take 8 out of a possible 10 points while allowing a negative 121 on shot attempts, you should be not only thrilled, you should be relieved. The Ducks, I'll be honest, they didn't deserve all 8 of these points. If anything, John Gibson earned them at least four points on this road trip. At least four. I could think of how good his expected goals against is now, especially considering the last five games where he just got pummeled with shot after shot after shot after shot. He is proving to be the most valuable player on this team right now, right alongside Troy Terry. It's 1-2 for me. Because you think about how many goals that Gibby could have allowed and didn't. You think about the amazing saves that he made in the last five games to really shut up the naysayers. And there was a lot of them out there. There was a lot of Gibson slander about three, four weeks ago saying he's an all-star. Really? Does he deserve to be an all-star? There are better goaltenders out there. No, I don't care about all that. John Gibson is an all-star. He deserves to be there. He saved the Ducks, you-know-whats, time and time again. And that's just another little stat that proves that. So I do want to talk about this for a little bit. 8 out of 10 possible points. That is good for any team. And we have to look at the big picture for the Anaheim Ducks. They are in a playoff spot as of right now. They are second as far as points in standings in the division... As of right now, they have 55 points. Just ahead of them is Vegas with 57. Right under them are the Kings with 53. Below them, the Calgary Flames at 50, San Jose 48, and Edmonton 47. Now here's what is concerning for Ducks fans. is Percentage points wise, the Ducks are 4th. In the Pacific Division, Calgary has a bunch of games on hand, and so does Edmonton. They will have a slew of games to make up around the Olympic break. And as we approach the All-Star slash Olympic break, we're not going to have any Ducks hockey for a while. The next game isn't until, what, February 11th? And this is a makeup game against the Seattle Kraken. So we're, we're not going to have hockey for a while. Then after that, there's another long break. Before they embark on a road trip up to Canada. This is the road trip at Calgary, at Edmonton, and at Vancouver. And then there's another couple days off. And then they finally resume their home schedule. But there's a lot of days off in between there. You have the Sharks on the 22nd. A couple more days off. Then you have the Kings. And then you have the Islanders. And then it begins this really heavy March schedule where they have one day off, two days off, and that's it. There's a lot of hockey in March, and there's quite a bit of hockey in April as well. But April is kind of a light schedule. There's a lot of off games there. And what this means is the month of February, this allows every other team to catch up as far as games played. And that's something that Ducks fans are going to kind of have to watch out for. Yeah, Ducks fans. It's that time of year. We're more than halfway through the season, and the Ducks are in a playoff spot. When was the last time we had that happen? It's been a while. But now we are on scoreboard watch. We're not going to have Ducks hockey, but we're definitely going to be cheering against Vegas. Oh, we are absolutely going to be cheering against Vegas. We'll cheer against the Calgary Flames too. And we will, of course cheer against the Edmonton Oilers, and last but not least, I know Ducks fans are going to be cheering hard against the Los Angeles Kings. So if you're a Ducks fan, you're a fan of anyone playing those teams. You're a fan of anyone playing against Vegas, Los Angeles, Calgary, San Jose, and Edmonton. I think Vancouver's too far down in the standings to catch up, and so is Seattle. So that's kind of the big picture that we have to look at is the Ducks are doing okay. You have to be proud of what this team has accomplished in the first four months of the season. You must be proud of the fact that they even have 55 points in 48 games. You should be proud of the fact that John Gibson is playing in all-star form. And you should be absolutely proud that Troy Terry has turned into Troy Vetchkin into his final form. Well, maybe his final form. We don't know that. All right. We're going to head into the second intermission. But first, let's talk about Bilt Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar ever. They come in 18 fantastic flavors covered in a chocolate fondue. And there's a lot of great flavors. There's a white chocolate cookies and cream flavor that's out for a limited time. So check that out right now. You have regular cookies and cream. You have Cherry barcia. You have minced chocolate, you have a slew of great flavors, and you also have great built puff flavors as well. And if you want to boost your immunity, there's the built boost, which goes right into your water. It is delicious. So head over to built.com right now, use promo code LOCKED15. To get 15% off your next order of Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. And we're also brought to you by RockAuto.com, which has all the parts your car will ever need. I've ordered from RockAuto before. They did a great job sending me some awesome windshield wipers, installed them right away. They are perfect. And why spend full price at a big box store when you could save over 50% at rockauto.com? So in the how did you hear about us box, tell them that Locked On Ducks sent you. Once again, that's rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto. Yeah. All right. So let's take a look at the schedule that's coming up for the team for these teams. Vegas, after the All-Star break, they face Edmonton, so I'm not sure who I want to win that game. Just for the sake of seeing Edmonton lose more, I guess I'll kind of root for Vegas on that. No, no, I can't do it, no, no, I I don't know who I'm going to root for. It sucks that Vegas plays Edmonton and Vegas then plays Calgary, so best case scenario, it does not go to overtime and only one team gets two points and the other gets none. That's best case scenario. And watch out for Jack Eichel. He could be returning to Vegas next month or rather later this month. We're in February now. So he could return later this month. We'll see what happens there. Then Vegas faces Colorado. Then they face the Kings. Then they face the San Jose Sharks. So there's a lot of interdivision play with Vegas, so, I'll let you guys decide who are you guys going to root for on those games? Vegas is against San Jose, Los Angeles, Calgary, and Edmonton all in the next couple weeks. So, keep your eyes peeled for those scores and see if Vegas can be victorious or maybe the Ducks can catch them. We'll see. We'll absolutely see. As far as other teams, it's it's all interdivision right now. All of it. So the most the most you can hope for, the best you can hope for right now is that these games do not go into overtime. That is your best hope. That is probably your best choice right now. So that's a look ahead into the future. And also looking ahead, we have an all-star game. We have Troy Terry as an all-star, John Gibson's an all-star, Trevor Ziegris is doing his thing on the skills. And, of course, there is the great general manager search. I mentioned some of those names on a recent mailbag on who I think would be good fits. There's a lot of names that are out there. Apparently, we could hear at some point late this week or over the weekend, possibly over the All-Star break, when the Ducks reveal who their next general manager would be. So, I mean, it kind of sucks that Jeff Solomon doesn't quite get the keys for as long as he would like. He doesn't help make any moves. But Solomon is still on the team. I assume he would still be an assistant GM. And he will hopefully work his salary cap magic to try to pick up some pieces while at the same time maybe trading away one or two guys and getting a solid first round pick. So maybe it is possible that you can both buy and sell at the trade deadline, which is next month. So that's where the Ducks' future looks like right now. And you got to be excited about it, frankly. I would be very, very excited if the Ducks do make a move and make a push to the playoffs. Look, once you get in the playoffs, you never know what's going to happen. But at the same time, let's think realistically. As the Ducks are built right now, are they a Stanley Cup contending team? General consensus would be no on that because there's still a couple pieces missing in Anaheim's roster. However, Could the Ducks at least make some noise and be a tough out in the playoffs? Absolutely. They could be a very tough out. They could be a six or seven game out. They could even win a round. They could win a round in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and that might get some attention of some free agents. And then you could see some dividends paying off that maybe we'll see some big star power and some much-needed depth down on the third and fourth lines for the Anaheim Ducks. So, let's see what takes place in the next month. All right, that's going to do it for today. Once again, folks, just look at the big picture of this. The ducks are doing better than expected. They're they're doing fine. All right, thank you all so much for listening. It is greatly greatly appreciated. And, you know, just thank you for your continued support. Thank you for your continued listens. It's so greatly appreciated to hear some of the comments that I'm hearing from Ducks fans. You know, you guys are all awesome. Uh, don't forget, this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Odyssey and Stitcher, etc. You could email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. My personal Twitter is at StimpyJD. This show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. And we'll keep an eye on some of the latest news happening around the Ducks, around the GM search, around anything else happening with this team so definitely stay tuned to the lo underscore ducks twitter for that thank you so much for listening it is greatly greatly appreciated for locked on anaheim ducks i'm jason jd hernandez saying have a great rest of the day please continue to be safe out there please be kind to one another and ducks fly together